much, Ben. What a joy to be with you. I'm Tim Kuhn, and I've uh, been in ministry for 39 and a half years of my life, and I'm only 42, so uh, we're doing good. <laughs> Never saw a gray-haired 42-year-old before, did you? Uh, ten and a half years ago, we went to, my wife and I, Cindy is back here, we went to uh, Sandy Hook, Newtown, Connecticut, and started from scratch, from nothing, faith at Newtown, and God is richly blessed. So it's a thrill to be in my son's church as he started the church, and we pray for you constantly. We're so grateful uh, for what God's doing here and through uh, the Word of God as it goes forth. So thank you. Uh, to, we flew out on Wednesday. Tuesday it was snowing, so it was with, watch that step. It was with great, it was with great joy to uh, get out of the cold and get down here. It's still snowing up there and freezing uh, cold. So since I'm warm and comfortable, I may preach four hours, uh, and uh, I'm grateful. So if you have a Bible today, we're going to go to Romans chapter 5, and the title of my sermon is Benefits of Justification by Faith. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what does that do for you? And there are some tremendous thoughts in this uh, scripture text today, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. From these verses, they reveal the benefits of justification by faith. And from this sermon, you should understand that justification by faith covers every issue you may have done, what you are encountering today, and what you will face in the future. And it's amazing how Paul addresses this subject for us, for those of us who are in Christ, who have been justified by faith, our trust in Jesus Christ. I want you today to know that justification by faith provides incredible benefits. It provides incredible benefits for us. And this text, these 11 verses, answer for us what does justification provide. A person who is saved by grace through faith, what blessings are there? And we'll read through the text as we go through. I think they're trying to catch up on the screen here. Uh, so we'll get there. But let me keep moving on for you. I'm going to share with you the complete thought of the 11 verses. And then I'll come back and narrow the thoughts down to how it works for you today. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? And you feel the tension of that first big hill. And you know you get to the top and there's that double loop. That's coming right after it. And you're anxious, sometimes fearful, of what's going to happen on that downhill side. Have you ever entered a huge exam and you have to have that grade? It may mean a scholarship or it might mean results that could be failure or passing. How do you feel when you find out I passed the test? Do you remember going for your driver's license? The anticipation and the nervousness of seeing that police officer get into the car with you. And you arrive back from the test and the officer says, you passed. 
So whether it's that double loop of a roller coaster, receiving a passing grade from an exam, or passing your driver's test, relief comes. Relief is one of the greatest emotions that we can experience. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul does here in these first 11 verses of Romans chapter 5. He brings, and it sounds like there's just a big sigh of relief, having been justified. You go back to Romans chapter 3 and 4, and Paul is, is describing, the Apostle Paul is describing our plight. We're hopeless. We are sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. And then he shares how, but God, to the church at Ephesus, who pulled us out of the mire, out of the thick, miry clay of sin, and set our feet upon a rock. And to be justified means I have a right standing before a holy God. Imagine that. You, me, as sinners, we have a right, pure, holy standing and position before a holy God. That's justification by faith. Because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, and I don't have to spin my wheels to work my way there, or do this, or pay this much money. I just have to trust Him and believe Him. And I am declared righteous. Wow. That's an awesome God. I dare say you sinned yesterday. You're laughing. <laughs> Sin's not a laughing matter. <laughs> we do, whether it's in our attitude, our thoughts, our words, our reactions. We sin. And yet before a holy God, God looks down from heaven and he sees this sinner. And all he sees is the blood of Jesus Christ covering him clean. That's justification by faith. I have that kind of confidence. And you can too as you know him as your Savior. Faith is taking God at his word. If you're here today and you've never personally accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is the first thing you must do. Believe, know that you're a sinner. Believe he died for your sins. And ask him to be Lord of your life and have forgiveness of your sins. And we encourage you to do that if you have never done that. But once you do that, what benefits come to you then for being justified by faith? I want you to see, first of all, justification by faith covers the necessary constraints of your past. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Scripture says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory 
of God. I want you to notice first it's past tense. Since we have been justified by faith. So there came a point in the Jewish believers who he's writing to that they put their faith and trust in Christ at some point. And Paul's saying, since you did that, here's what you have. Here's the relief that comes to us. What happens? Paul shares three things in these two verses. Number one, he gives us a provision of peace. Verse one, we now have peace with God through Jesus Christ. There was a time as sinners we were far from Christ, estranged, deeply separated from a holy God. And God says, we now have peace through Jesus Christ. God in his mercy sent his son, and through him, we, his death, burial, resurrection, we have forgiveness of sins. It's all forgiven. Every bit of your past, every sin, past, present, future, comes under the blood of Jesus Christ. I love what it says here. We have peace with God. Everyone wants the peace of God. But the only way to have the peace of God is to make peace with God. And that's the starting point. And when you have peace with God, when you are justified by faith, all my past sins are covered. Amen? What a wonderful thought. Secondly, a permanent position. What was unthinkable to the Old Testament Jew is now ours. We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We have this right standing by grace through faith. And justification is declared by God. It's a permanent thing. It's not something that can be taken or something lost. We are secure in our relationship with him. I live in an area where justification is uh, taught that it can be infused. And that's never, never found in the word of God. It is declared by God. He is righteous because he came through my son. Imputed is the word. God says, because you came my way, you have this permanent position. No money can buy that kind of security. No works can ever work to obtain that kind of salvation. And then the end of verse 2, we have a prized promise. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. One day we'll share in his glory, First John 3, 2, we are God's children now, but we have not yet, what has not yet appeared, we know that when he appears, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, Philippians 3, 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven, 
from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him. So I ask you, friends, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are your sins forgiven? Are you standing secure in Jesus Christ? And forgiveness takes all the past worries, fears, difficulties, remembrances, memories, and puts them under the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have forgiveness. Your past cannot haunt you. Your past cannot drag you down or keep putting its grasp upon you. It is covered through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but some of you, no doubt, struggle with things that were done in the past. And I declare to you, based on Romans 5, 1 and 2, let it go. It's forgiven completely. Do not drag up the things of the past. They're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ if you have justification by faith. Not only does it deal with our past, it changes the negative compulsion of our present. Verses 3 to 5 from our text. We'll come back to this, but let me just mention to you, it starts out, verse 3, not only that. The NIV says, not only so. NLT says, we can rejoice too. So Paul's taken the thought of here that was in our past, and he says, yeah, this is great. Our past is covered. But not only that. And he goes into our present condition, present situation. And we're going to come back to what does that mean, because it's really where the rubber meets the road. It's where you're living today. And I'll come back and re- pull that back. But the negative cloud that pulls some of you down Day after day after day, with your trials and difficulties, the Apostle Paul says, being justified by faith, there's a remedy for that. Let me move on to number three before we come back, and that is it confirms the nearing certainty of your future. Verses 6 to 11. God's Word says in verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, 
we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In these verses, verses 6 to 8 shows the marvelous work of Christ as he died for us as sinners. Verse 9 is the heart of the text. Since therefore we are justified by his blood, you are saved from the wrath of God. Friend, we see all around us the struggles and the difficulties of this world. And one day, God's coming back, and he's going to set it all straight. And the unjust will be judged before a holy God for their sin. And what does Paul say here about your future, you who are justified by faith? Verse 9, he says, we have reconciliation with the holy God. You see, he poured all his wrath out on his son at Calvary for those who will receive him by faith and accept him as their Savior. But for the rest of the world, judgment day is coming. And we who are justified by faith, who are in Christ, Justified by his blood, we, verse 9, he says we are saved from the wrath of God, an angry God. So therefore, friend, I am certain of my future because I am in Christ, justified by faith. Now get that picture. All my past, since then we've been therefore justified by faith. Since puts all that in the past and under the blood of Christ. And I am saved from the wrath of God that is to come on an ungodly world. My future is secure because I'm justified by faith. You see, Paul is covering for us everything from the past to the future that justification by faith makes a difference in your life. And being in Christ, knowing Him, under the blood of Christ, our Savior, I don't have to hang on or be haunted by the things of the past. I know with certainty where I'm heading, and what's taking place in the future. Thanks be to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But I really want to hone in, because you may say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I saved, I know all that. I got that, it's done. Yeah, the future, that seems like an eternity away. What about right now? I'm glad you asked because Paul covers the here and now also. Come back with me for a few moments to point number two, verses three to five. It changes the negative compulsion of your present. We tend to think that, yeah, I'm saved. My sins are forgiven. 
I got a future home in heaven. That's all great. But man, do you understand I got these six bills and I don't know where the money's coming from? Or do you understand I have this horrendous relationship and it's just, it's a real bummer. It's dragging me down. Or you don't understand my work situation or my family or the abuse that I've gone through. And we're quick to put up before a holy God who can deal with our past, secure our future, but Lord, where are you right now? And that's the negative compulsion that drives you or pulls you in that direction day after day after day. And what Paul does here in verses 3 to 5, he addresses your day after day after day routine. And he says, because you are justified by faith, It has an impact on you right now, today. And I want you to see these verses, verses 3 to 5. Let me read them to you. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friend, you have the greatest gift and the best treasure you could ever imagine when Jesus said, I'm going back to the Father, but I'll send you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he will live within you. If you are justified by faith, You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He indwells you. And he's there. Part of the reason he's there is for your day-to-day-to-day routine. I want you to see what it does for us. First, being justified by faith enlists you in a mission. First part of verse 3, more than that, we rejoice. Again, the negativity that comes through our sinful nature should be replaced with God's word that says rejoice in your situation, in your circumstance. That's the mission he has you on. Your mission in life is to rejoice. Were you happy when you got up this morning? There are some who get up and say, Dear Lord, it's morning. And others who get up and say, Good Lord, it's morning. And your mission is to rejoice. It's his emphasis here. Chapter 5, verse 2, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, we rejoice in our sufferings. Verse 11, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word rejoice means to denote jubilation. And you are to have joy in this mission that he put you on. Being justified by faith puts you in mission, into a mission, and that is rejoice in 
all things. Rejoice evermore. And we love to rejoice in our past, in the future, but we are to rejoice today in our present circumstance. Where was Paul when he wrote many of his letters? In prison. What did he do while sitting in prison? He sang and praised the Lord. You think your circumstance is much worse than his? And he was on mission, praying, rejoicing. Secondly, your justification by faith enrolls you in a major. I asked T about going to college and what her major was this morning. And we asked that. You didn't have a say in the major that God put you in. You don't have a say in this. As a believer, as a person justified by faith in Jesus Christ, a disciple of Christ, he enlisted you and enrolled you into this major. What is it? We rejoice. What are the next words? In our suffering. Ha! You don't like that one, do you? Yeah, I don't either. But you're put into this by justification, by faith, and we are to rejoice in our sufferings. Now, the word sufferings is the word for pressure. It's the idea of squeezing, being squeezed down upon. It was used when olives were placed into a press in the Middle East in Bible days. They would put it into an olive press, and they would extract the olive oil from it. It was also used when making wine. They would put the grapes in the wine press, and they'd take their shoes off and wash their feet and get in there and stomp those grapes. And the first juice that came out was the best wine available. But there was pressure added to the olives and to the grapes. Now, do you have some pressures of life squeezing in on you? Yes, you do. We all do. Some are greater than others. But no one is exempt from the pressures of life. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Whether it's financial or children or relationships or work situation or a job loss or failure or success, can also add pressure to your life. Neighbors, co-workers, abusive situations. When you, by faith, accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you signed up for suffering. You will not escape it. When you run from suffering, you're going to take you with you. And you won't get away from You, suffering is going to come into your life. It does in all of our lives. And this pressure that comes has a purpose that God says he has for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined 
to be conformed to the image of his son, of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Friends, the pressure you have is designed by God. You are to rejoice in that pressure because he has a purpose in shaping and molding and conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ. What do you want to do first time that difficulty comes? I'll tell you, in my life, it's complain. And God says, friends, you're mine. I know what you need. I'm taking you through this because I want you to be more like Jesus Christ. Be more like my son. And this pressure of life that pours in on you is designed by God to make you better. Many times our first reaction is, why God? What are you doing? Why me? When it's with purpose and design to make you what he wants you to be. So he also, with this purpose pressure that's working in your life, he also entrusts you to make master the course. The middle of verse 3 and verse 5 gives us this course of life we are to walk through. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you are to be a shining light, a testimony of someone who handles the pressures of life, the stress that comes with life, because you have the Spirit of God living within you. And that person over there who doesn't have and is have Jesus Christ is not justified by faith. They, although going through the same pressure you are, the difference in your life is God is making you his treasured gem as you walk through this. And that person should be able to look at your life and say, how do you do that? And what opportunity does it give you? To say, by grace, through faith, I have Jesus Christ in my life. And he makes that difference.
You see, these pressures of life are with purpose for you as a believer. Now, these concepts are sequential. Endurance, character, hope. They're sequential. Let me walk you through it quickly. Endurance, suffering produces endurance. The Greek word is translated other places, patience or perseverance. Do you need more patience? Guarantee you, drive it in Tampa, you need patience. Okay? Is it any wonder that in a sin-cursed world, you should expect anything less than God wants you to be a patient person? It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Patience. And yet we lack and are so impatient in life. The meaning of the word endurance or patience is to work in the face of strong opposition. You go in against a big time great obstacle and you're at work against this. So whatever suffering or difficulty is taking place in your life, you're facing this great opposition by the grace of God and with his help, of the help of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you will persevere through that trial. A true believer in Jesus Christ will persevere to the end. They don't give up. They don't give in. They do not crumble. Jesus is greater. He is bigger. They don't cave in. He already has provided the victory for you. And you are to be conformed to his image. And this pressure is, as you work through it, conforming you to the person of Jesus Christ. So that first one, endurance, is all inward. This second one, character, is outward. It's what happens outwardly for you as a believer. Course lesson number two, endurance, patience is inward. Outwardly, it produces character. Your character is to be seen as you're going through this trial and this suffering. The beginning of verse 4, endurance produces character. The word was used of testing metals. It means proof. Precious metals are purified as the heat is turned up. And friend, precious saints of God are purified as God turns the heat up in your life because it's purpose pressure in your life. Not in theirs, but in yours, it's with purpose. So why do you buck at it? Why don't you rejoice in this suffering, in this trial? Because God's doing this in your life to improve you and make you what he wants you to be. I love the testimony of Job. Job went through one of the most horrendous, most difficult trials a person ever could. And his testimony, Job 23.10, is this. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Wow. (laughs) Can you dare say that? If you endure, 
character will be built and made in your life, and you will come forth as gold. Only happens after the fire's turned up and the pressure becomes great. Because then you are refined in Him. Back to verses 3 to 5a. You need to see that the pressures of life, your struggles, your problems, your trials, are God's proving ground. You are God's pottery wheel. He's shaping, he's molding, he's forming you. Don't fuck his system. Don't fuck his system. Embrace your hardships. Enjoy the journey. And here's why. Here's why. Justification by faith leads to the third one, hope. Hope. Character produces hope. When you go through your trial and difficulties, you are assured of this. You can be positive. One day, I'll never go through that again. Praise God. I will never face it again. Thank you, Jesus. But you got me through this one. And I'm ready for the next one. How dependent are you on the promises of God? Can you trust Him with your life? Listen, that's the bottom line here. You think you can do it better than God can do it. And God says, no, I have some suffering for you, some trials, because I need you to learn patience. I need you to show character to others in the world. And one day... It will come forth as gold in your life. Are you rejoicing in it? Are you accepting it? Are you bucking his system? Can you trust him with your life? Nothing enters your life that he is not allowed. Nothing takes him by surprise. You're his. You are his child. And he's designed this path, this walk for you. Mine is different than yours. Yours is different than his. But he has you on this path. And this path of suffering, where when you rejoice, will produce patience and character and hope in Jesus' name. And here's the great truth, the end of verse 5. When you embrace your trials... It creates patience, character, hope, and it creates a testimony for someone who observes your life, knowing the suffering and pressure, and they wonder, how did they do it? And your answer is this, the end of verse 5, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So when they say, how do you do it? There's your answer. The love of God is in me. His spirit lives within me. Can I tell you about him? And he opens a door up 
that when you embrace your trials, you would never would have that kind of opportunity to share the love of Christ with anyone. But because they watch you and they observe you and they see you embrace that which is uncommon and you live counterculturally for the sake of Jesus Christ, it opens up opportunities for you to say, let me tell you why. Let me tell you about my Savior. Patience, Christian character, hope of glory. That's what your suffering can do for you today. The pressures and trials of life for the believer and follower of Jesus Christ will produce this in your life. There is great pressure, uh, great purpose to the pressure and the trials of life that you encounter. Will you embrace them? Justification by faith makes a difference. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you have an anchor, a shepherd, and a guide. Be faithful in your trials. Begin to embrace them as God's character producing plan for your life. As the band comes forward and we look at our last outline, justification by faith does this for you. It will cover the necessary constraints of your past. Friends, you may be here today and some sin of the past just keeps dragging you down. You need to know being justified by faith makes a difference and that sin does not have to haunt you. Release it. It's under the blood of Jesus Christ if you know him as your Savior. If not, get his forgiveness for your past. And then, not only that, it changes the negative compulsion of your present circumstance. You may be one of those that every day, oh Lord, how am I going to get through this? And you must understand he has great purpose in your suffering and in your trials. And then justification by faith establishes that permanent, secure future with him in heaven forever. Let's bow our head in prayer. I don't know what it is you may be dealing with in your life. If you need Jesus, invite him and ask him to be your Savior. If it's something of the past, seek his forgiveness and release it. Let it go. It's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if it's everyday, present circumstances and situations of life, ask God's forgiveness and begin to embrace them. And let him do in your life that which he wants to do 
so that you may come forth as gold. Dear God, use your word and your spirit in our heart and life this morning.